Let the sunshine, let the sunshine in. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise Deshetler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm gonna help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today, we are going to go to a mysterious place that can help us with burnout. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the sky of astrology. We are searching for Stella the Good Witch. She has been practicing astrology for over a decade. She helps people get to know themselves so they can live more of the life they want to be living. Hello, Stella. Hello, Denise. Thanks for coming to visit me here in the cosmos. Oh, it's been a fun ride. I'm happy we're here. Well, welcome. I hope we have a great time and I've loved your podcast. Thanks for inviting me to be part of it and uh, thanks for making it happen. Oh, well, likewise, likewise. I'm excited that we're here and I feel that this is a great topic because most of us are still dealing with quarantine and the pandemic and we have, you know, whether it's a busy time or not, that definitely is a time of reflection and uh, I figured this was a good area to discover and learn more about. And uh, I would love to know what brought you to the sky of astrology? Well, I grew up here. Uh, my parents were witches and raised me in this. Some of my earliest memories are of listening to my father read out loud from astrology books. And as long as I can remember, I've been interested with a name like Stella, which means star. No one was really surprised that I was really passionate about understanding how we relate to the beautiful sky story that we see unfolding before us and get to experience. And so I feel really lucky that I've been exposed to this uh, my whole life. Wow. Yeah, you were born into it, it sounds like. Indeed. Very nice. So this has been something, obviously, you were raised this way and, and looking to the stars and using the stars. How, when did this become something for you to provide to others? Yeah, well, I had been studying really intensively uh, for probably a decade before I started doing the work professionally. And uh, I, I actually burnt out on working in the nonprofit environmental justice realms and uh, realized that what was really feeding me and nourishing me and helping me to recover from that burnout was uh, doing these spiritual practices 
uh, of which astrology is one. And having a sense of the rhythm of the, the world, a rhythm of the cosmos, gave me a sense that uh, it was okay to rest and it was important that I replenish myself so that I could continue to um, you know, help and support others in service to the greatest good of all. And I was really lucky that I had the opportunity to start looking at people's charts, which are basically the um, owner's manuals of our lives. And they uh, give us a sense of um, who we are, who the different parts of us are, and, uh, and, and can help us sort of have conversations with the different parts of ourselves. Uh, in a more effective and holistic and integrated way so that we can make decisions more consciously and more intentionally. Okay, nice. That was a nice transition. Um, sounds like it was more uplifting than a burnout for you. Indeed, yeah. So, yeah, so tell me a little bit, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Are you gonna go on? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we jumped into you coming to this sky of astrology I'm not sure if everybody really understands um, what is astrology. Can you explain mm. that to us? Yeah, I will do my best. And there are many astrologies. So the astrology that I focus on and practice is uh, the astrology that came out of sort of Western Europe, the Greco-Roman traditions. But I should say that there are just many ways that cultures have always related to the sky and understood themselves in relationship to the movement of the planets through the sky. So there's a way that it's, um, it's, an, it's a symbolic system that helps us to understand ourselves in relationship to our environment. So as an environmentalist, I was very concerned about how um, how we as humans are interacting with nature and interacting with our surroundings already. And so I didn't really understand until I was taking my very first astrology class formally with a teacher and spring was coming. And all of a sudden, I just saw people on the streets like yelling at each other. And I myself was just feeling a lot more... Um, energy and I didn't quite know what to do with it and I could see myself getting irritable um, and you know to be honest I was also like pretty turned on the way the birds and the bees are in the spring and it all clicked for me because I realized that Aries which is the sign that starts the zodiac on the spring equinox is sort of associated with all of those things um, if we're not using our energy wisely, then we tend to get irritable and unreasonable and lash out at people. And if we are, you know, turned on, we have to, you know, figure out where we want to go with the creative energy that's coming in spring. Um, and it's important that we sort of look at the ways that our birth times and dates and places are sort of understood in relationship to what people have been observing for thousands of years and what's happening in our environment in a very basic way. But then it's also, of course, much more complex than that. And uh, there's a way that I like to think of it as an oracle or a 
a divinatory tradition much more than a science or anything that can be measured in that sort of conventional way. While I, you know, value and honor and love science so, so very much in my own life, um, it's, it's nice to think of astrology as more of an art, as more of something that we're using to sort of interpret our individual places in the world and what we came here to do and understand the best timing for uh, initiating projects, wrapping up projects, um, you know, really, really getting a sense of a rhythm that is not just calendar time or linear time where it's, you know, uh, Wednesday, October 21st, but much more like what is happening sort of symbolically or spiritually. And that really, for many people, can be very soothing to the nervous system, can be very soothing to the um, parts of us that know that uh, calendar time is just one way that we understand the passage of time. And this is much more focused on the seasonal passage of time or the cyclical passage of time. It's a, it's a wild spiral path that we're all walking in life. And uh, if we just see it as like a, a march to inevitable death, which has certainly been a topic of late in the year 2020, then um, of course we're gonna feel a sense of despair. Of course we're gonna feel overwhelmed and stressed out. But if we sort of take a bigger perspective and, um, you know, connect with nature and the sky, then there's more freedom and liberation there. Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. What I'm thinking is, okay, if people have not really used astrology or, you know, it's more like in general, we, um, you know, most of us, we check the weather, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if we want to make choices in the things that we do, um, we know that the weather will affect us. So we mm -hmm. look at that. Um, we also look at times, like when does the sun set? Mm -hmm. So what I'm gathering, how you're explaining this is that if we want more of an in-depth of how our environment and the world affects us, there's, there's even deeper that could be connected with spirituality and the environment. So if you're listening, it's kind of like looking at a broader scope of around us and how it actually can affect us. Would, would you mm -hmm. say that's Absolutely. And many astrologers talk about the astrological information they're providing as sort of a cosmic weather report. And I think that there's something very special about the general information that you can receive from it. You know, many people, especially in Northern California, have heard of like mercury retrogrades and things like that. So that's an example of like knowing that mercury is going retrograde um, or appearing to go retrograde for our position in on earth, um, it doesn't actually ever go retrograde um, from an astronomical perspective, but uh, from a symbolic perspective, it's valuable to know that information in general. And then what I think can be very um, compelling is understanding our specific astrology. So the map of the sky when we were born and how that relates to the larger sort of cosmic story that's unfolding. Um, because it's going to hit everybody differently. It's a very personalized sort of experience of the world. And it, uh, I think it gives a lot of self-insight and, and self-compassion, as well as having compassion for others, uh, you know, when 
everybody's kind of running late or things are going a little bit slower, being able to have that spaciousness can just really help us live better lives. Okay. Yeah. Getting uh, more insight to what could be happening to people in our environment around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I know that I get people in my life that um, do not believe in astrology um, or, or think it's, it's science and it's set in stone, or you can predict the future with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to those, uh, people yeah. that say that? I think that skepticism is healthy and I would never want to deny anybody their right to sort of look at something with, um, with a certain discernment. In fact, it's something I really encourage. And for me, it's not so much a belief system as it is a tool. Mm-hmm. And for me, that tool works. And for my clients, that tool helps. And, and I'm not so much interested in convincing people that astrology is real or true or can predict the future. It's not so much about prediction for me. It, for me, it's much more about um, using the tool wisely and helping us to meet the moments rather than sort of live in relationship to the world in a very like materialistic or literal kind of framework. And, and so when I think of it, I, I like to communicate with people about it in terms of poetry or art. Like it's not something that we understand. My middle name is mystery. So Stella mystery would never try to sort of, um, put the ocean in a paper cup and kind of like make it so that it's um, palatable and something that some that everybody agrees with or is on board with. And certainly, you know, most professional astrologers when it comes to like reading horoscopes and things like that, that's a very like pop astrology kind of um, it's I think it's a great that it's so accessible to people, um, but it's such a small um, like it's like scratching the surface of, Mm -hmm. you know, this deep and profound, um, tool. And, and if that's all that a person has ever been exposed to, I don't blame them for not believing in it. Mm, Um, it does, there's a certain, I love some astrologers who write horoscopes and I do, you know, like to read every single one because we all have these different parts of ourselves in different moments in different parts of our chart. Um, but, but to think that like a few sentences in a newspaper column is going to apply to, um, the 12 different types of people, you know, it's, it's absurd. And I, I would agree that that's, um, not, uh, not how anybody should be like making decisions in their life. Right. Mm, Um, You heard that, folks. This is from an astrologer. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to to take it so literal and base your entire life on what you read in the paper. That two sentence line. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I and I I think a lot of people think of it as like destiny, and I really like to affirm to people that um, we have choice, we have agency. The whole point for me is to like look at what's happening. Um, and and instead of trying to have a picnic in a rainstorm, you know, maybe planning to have a cozy afternoon at home as a way of kind of being with 
the weather, the cosmic mm-hmm. weather or the literal weather. And, um, and I think for me, it's a tool for getting in touch with our intuition and our inner knowing and the different parts of ourselves and, and to, to get to the place where we can trust our intuition and we can believe the information that's coming in or <laughs> that's coming from inside of us and mm-hmm. make our choices based on that. Um, I always tell people that they're the ultimate authorities on their lives and that it's really important that with any healing session or any sort of therapeutic intervention that you more than anything trust uh, what resonates and leave what doesn't. Right, right. That's good information. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up as far as clearing the air about uh, people's ideas. And so it seems like a lot of people would associate astrology with just the horoscope and that's it. And then it's either, no, I'm not into it, or I believe in all of that. I don't know. It's across the board, but it seems like that is probably the general experience. Mm-hmm. So what would, if you can kind of create a picture of what it would be like to, you know, work with you, like how is there an issue that someone's dealing with and how do you guide them with mm-hmm. astrology? Like what would be, as an example of how this is useful for other people. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, especially early on in the work that I was doing, I really focused on helping people to prevent burnout. Um, Mm. I was working with a lot of activists and artists and healer kind of types where, you know, we know people in the helping professions in general just have a much higher level of burnout. And, and for me, just in all my relationships to health and wellness, I think if we can prevent something from happening, then, you know, by all means, let's, let's prevent it. So mm-hmm. I like that we can sort of look at um, what's going on in terms of uh, the fiery parts of a person's chart or what's going on in the sky in relationship to the fiery parts of a person's natal chart. And, explore ways that we can sort of use that fire effectively and, um, you know, use it more as a blowtorch than um, a wildfire, for instance. Um, Yeah, we don't want any more of that. So, yeah, I use a lot of um, nature metaphors, obviously. um, Good question. When you say the fiery part of a person, um, what do you what do you mean by the fiery Mm -hmm. part, like a temper? What what is what is that? Yeah. Well, so the astrology looks at the movement of the planets through the zodiac or through the constellations, mm-hmm. and um, so the fiery parts can be parts like we all have a Mars. We all have a part of us that represents what we do with our energy, um, how we deal with conflict, and how we create how, and what we want to protect. And so Mars is generally just kind of a fiery planet. Um, and then there are, in each sort of sign in the zodiac, there are fire signs, there are earth signs, there are water signs, and there are air signs. And so the elements of you know what makes up the universe, what makes up nature, um, show up in ways in our charts that can give us insight and information 
to kind of all those aspects of our lives. Watery places in our charts tend to be about the emotional places, tend to be about what we need to feel cozy and emotionally supported. Um, earth parts are much more about the physical, the material, the body, as well as um, you know, the bank account and things like that. Um, but it's, you know, the bank account as a symbol for how we get our tangible needs met, like food and um, shelter. And uh, air signs are how we communicate. It's how we, you know, think and learn and move in the world. And so um, there are also, you know, Pluto is another planet that can be very fiery. Um, it's in, it's it's a planet that that when I talk about burnout and when I think about burnout, I really think is a very important one because um, Pluto is a symbol for me of like taking the shit of our lives and composting it and nourishing us. And that process of compost takes a lot of heat and a lot of time. And so there's something about um, the ability that we all have to uh, look at what's not working in our lives and um, editing that out or, you know, weeding that out so that we can live more into that. And, and the fiery parts of us are what give us the energy to do that work. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. Um, so going on, you're talking about the fiery parts. So as something tangible, if they're working with you, let's say, let's say someone is going through burnout and, uh, I don't know anybody out there dealing with some burnout right now, I, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So if someone comes to you and they're feeling really burnt out and they mm -hmm. would like some guidance, um, mm -hmm. how would you approach that as an example? I mean, it, yeah. I know it's hard because it's individuals. So if you speak basic on yeah. it. Yeah. So I'll just give an example. Um, yeah. you know, I was, uh, recently speaking with somebody who is um, really struggling with how to have boundaries. And so we looked at Saturn, which is a planet that we associate strongly with like our ability to say no, our ability to, um, I like to say, build uh, boundaries of love instead of walls of fear. Um, and it was clear that this person was going to be having a Saturn return in the next couple years of their life. And Saturn returns happen for everybody between 27 and a half and 30 years old or so. Um, astrologers call it astrological adulthood. It's when we really come into our, our maturity and our ability to live for ourselves rather than for what society expects of us or what our dad wanted from us or um, what, what an outside authority expects. And so we had just a long conversation about what it was that this person like really wanted to be doing with their time and their energy. And, and I, you know, gave some kind of very practical suggestions around how to, uh, how to do that work of, mm -hmm. of boundary having and boundary affirming and setting and exploring. Um, but then there's also these like very symbolic acts that are ways that we remind ourselves of our commitments to whatever it is that we most want to uh, be free from or living more deeply into. And so, you know, for Saturn, uh, wearing black 
eating black foods like black sesame seeds and um, getting rid of things like so really making space in our lives so it's easier to um, which is I guess a practical and a spiritual or symbolic act um, but but just kind of having a, um, a toolbox available to make suggestions to people. And one of the things I really like about astrology too is um, that there are various sort of like modalities related to health that you've covered on your podcast, like acupuncture, when somebody's having a Uranian experience, which is very much associated with sudden and unexpected things happening and, um, you know, changes that kind of like feel like the, the rug is being you know, pulled out from under us, mm-hmm. um, you know, it can be a real, like a lot of energy is moving, but maybe it's better to have it more targeted. And oftentimes I recommend acupuncture to people who are having sort of a Uranian experience with life because it's a way of, um, you know, coming back to homeostasis and, you know, calming the nervous system and being able to like make decisions from the peaceful place inside so that, um, so that there's more trust in those decisions rather than, I think the default often is making decisions from a place of panic or urgency. And astrology really like puts the brake on and slows it down. And there are times when, you know, we certainly are in actual crisis and need to sort of um, make those decisions more quickly. But if we practice making them from a place of centeredness and reflection and consideration, then we tend to trust the decisions that come from urgency a little bit more when they happen. Mm, right, because you build up that, uh, that muscle, so to speak, yes. or that patience. Indeed. Oh, yeah, it's the passionate health advocate, Dance Breaks. Now get up and shake your thing. When someone's coming to see you, you do you use their birthday and then you use a chart from that and that's how you get the guidance? Yeah. And I always, um, you know, I'm a person that thinks that like what's happening right now is really important. So um, usually with people, you know, I can do just a one-off, you know, sort of 90 minute birthday reading. And a lot of people come for that, which is a lovely experience and a great way to celebrate and a great way to reflect. Um, But I really value working with people on an ongoing basis and sort of um, meeting up seasonally or at least a few times a year, because that can give you a sense of the rhythm of your own personal year in a way that um, just having an initial session doesn't. Um, And so that's why I bring in like what's happening in the map of the sky now um, in relationship to the map of the sky when a person was born. Okay. Okay. Kind of their journey to where they are now and what's, what's ahead. Indeed. Okay. And so, um, when you're working with people, uh, you sound like you focus on burnout. Are there other things that you feel is pretty common that people need? And then they, they choose you or someone like you to, to, for the guidance, like what, what are these common things? And for anybody listening, just curious. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I think in general, people are seeking a connection to meaning and purpose in their lives and in their themselves. And some people understand that in relationship to relationships. So people come because they wanna understand either the relationship that they're in or they wanna figure out how to be in more of a relationship and what to look for um, as they're dating and things like that. So I work with a lot of people who are interested in that. And then career is a, a very specific way that people relate to purpose, although astrology, I think um, one of the things I love about it is that it sort of broadens our understanding of the winding road that is life and, and helps us to understand that we can find meaning and purpose, not just within our careers, but you know, within other aspects of our lives, because some people, mm, nice. you know, lives their lives in a very professional way. And other people are going to get a lot of their sense of meaning from family and from uh, friendships and things like that. People also, I think in general, are, are just looking for help to make decisions, right? There's a way that uh, I think modern life, and you know, this is one of the privileges of our North American modern life, but um, you know, it can be kind of overwhelming uh, to, to look at all the decisions that we have to make, particularly when we're in life transition. Um, so if we're thinking about moving or something like that, there's a, um, a field called astrocartography that as a traveler and as somebody who loves sort of moving in the world, I have a Sagittarius moon for anybody who's in the know. So I just love to be um, on the move. And astrocartography is about our um, relationship to place. And there's a way that I think, um, you know, people do have different experiences when they travel to new places or when they move to new places. And so uh, that's another uh, reason that people come to astrologers. And there are some people who are medical astrologers. Um, that's not a field that I'm super familiar with, but I think because uh, your podcast has so much focus on the physical body, um, it's good to know that that's something that's out there and an option to explore. Nice, okay. Thank you for that information. And uh, it's interesting because I think about, uh, let's say, I, I know people um, that have like moved somewhere and then just disaster after disaster and mm -hmm. just, oh my gosh. And the moment they got out of that place, let's say they were there for a year mm -hmm. or two and then their life kind of went back to normal. Mm -hmm. Would that be something that would come up if, if people were, you know, like maybe more answers of to, you know, not that you're going to have the exact answer, but maybe more insight as to what was going on at that mm. location. Yeah. And that's one thing that astrology also really helps with, particularly with folks who um, are sort of coming to the tail end or hopefully coming to the tail end of a really intense time in their lives. Astrology can give you a sense of when that intensity is going to let up. And if it's related to place, astrology can also give some insight into how to best strategize around how to make the remaining time that you have in a difficult place a little better or easier or something that's like just gentler. I think there's like a real invitation towards gentleness, at least with um, my lens in relationship to this tool. And I, I have an example of, I had a trip planned uh, to a place that I hadn't looked at the astrocartography in advance, but my whole life in, in the months leading up to that trip kind of got, you know, um, 
everything got thrown up in the air. Uh, it was a Uranus line that I was planning to tra travel to. So the rug got pulled out from under me. I broke up with the person I was going to be traveling with. And finally, I looked at the, the, the asteroid cartography line is what it's called. And it was a Uranus line. And I was just like, okay, well, of course, a bunch of unexpected things are happening. And I didn't end up going on the trip. So it was um, one of the astrologers uh, was like, yeah, the Uranus line, a lot of, um, there can be a tendency to uh, not explode, but like for conflict to really come to a head. And I was like, I didn't even have to go for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. Yeah. You brought up, um, you use this lens uh, to bring in more gentleness. And I can imagine people all over listening right now could use a bit more of that. Are you mm -hmm. finding what we are dealing with in the world in a global pandemic? Um, mm -hmm. Are you finding people like this is a really good service for people? Are people reaching out to you more? What's a kind of a, a common thing that's happening and how are you helping people during this time period with the mm -hmm. pandemic? Yeah, I've definitely gotten a lot of people reaching out with the question, WTF is going on and when is it going to end? Like, when is it going to let up? And it's interesting because this is one of those um, times where, uh, you know, the astrology feels very resonant. And like I said, I don't predict the future. And, you know, anybody who can tell you that when this, you know, um, intensity is going to let up is lying. Let's just be honest about that. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but for me, when I was talking in 2019 to clients about 2020, I was like, it's a liminal time. It's an in-between year. There's a lot of retrogrades that are happening. There's a lot of really intense experiences. Um, one of my astrologer te astrology teachers talked about um, a similar astrology to the plague was happening mm -hmm. or is happening right now. Uh -huh. And when I first heard that, this was, you know, back in 2019, I was like, oh, fear-mongering astrologers, <laughs> oh, silly, and now here we are. So, oh, um, you know, but there's a there's a real sense of 2021 sort of being a space where we get some breathing room. At the very least, we'll all be better at dealing with whatever the pandemic looks like. You know, the U.S. election will hopefully um, be resolved by 2021. And, you know, there's a way that even just the election anxiety, for instance, that people are bringing to the conversations that we're having. I think um, it's such a powerful thing to have a space to express those feelings in a way that contextualizes that, you know, during the election in the US, Mars will be retrograde and Mercury will be stationing and you know, appearing to turn direct, like on that very day of November 3rd. And Mars, as we talked about, is like this fiery, intense fight and this con like how we deal with conflicts and it appearing to be retrograde in the sky means that there's a lot of um, renegotiation and reflection on how we all are in relationship to conflicts and struggles that mm -hmm. uh, we as individuals can, you know, work on in ourselves. And then I think as a collective and communities are really going to be looking at that. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a sense of um, this is not a year where we're going to have it figured out or where we're going to know uh, what's next. And, and there are some years where it's, it's a lot easier to connect with that as we all know, probably. Right. Um, right. 
And, and, and what I can say with confidence is that, uh, I think we'll all be more at peace and have more of a sense of an equilibrium, um, in this sort of new unprecedented time. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Well, well, that sounds nice. I mean, I just feel like the, the route we've been going, um, uh, it's like kind of the only, only way, only direction is up <laughs> for, for a lot of people. So it's hopefully, true. um, yeah, we're just, uh, getting through this. And if you're listening and you find this very interesting, just know that this is a resource. And for me, health is overall and, and I'm bringing this in here because uh, we are in a very interesting time. And if you are in the States, you're, you're feeling it pretty heavy with election time in general is always a really <laughs> intense mm -hmm. time. And uh, if you're not in the States, uh, we still have all this pandemic going on. So mm -hmm. there's other resources to kind of just, if this you want to use some spiritual guidance or environmental guidance, this could be really helpful because uh, there's a lot of anxiety and overwhelm going on. So mm -hmm. this is why we are here. And I wanted to ask you, uh, what are some big misconceptions with astrology? Yeah, uh, well, there are so many. Um, and I think we've covered a lot of, you know, the misconceptions around um, any, any sort of effort to discredit astrology that is based on horoscopes in the newspapers should be questioned because it's like, um, I don't know what a good metaphor is here, but it's uh, like, you know, judging um, a forest's value based on a leaf. And, you know, the yeah. autumnal leaves are pretty sweet right now. And, you know, they can be pretty <laughs> beautiful universes in and of themselves. But um, we know that life is much more deep and complex than, um, than what is popular and in the mainstream. And, and astrology is much too complex to um, just be understood. Although I love that those columns are a doorway for many into the depths. And mm. And so I would think of, I would encourage people to think of it as an invitation to connect more with cosmic time um, rather than the be all end all. Another thing that I think um, comes up a lot, particularly, you know, in the San Francisco Bay area is that mercury retrograde is the worst thing that happens. And- um, Yes, I think I hear that all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, Mercury retrograde is a great time to retreat and reflect. And anything that starts with RE is a really, um, it's a beautiful invitation to even like if you're a writer, editing and finishing up projects can be a great thing to do during that time. It's the, the problem happens for Mercury retrograde when we try to go as fast as we want to go and we don't see the phone not working the way we want it to work as an invitation to take a walk outside. When we try to keep forcing things to be a certain way. I had a great Mercury retrograde where I was traveling um, and, you know, my flight was delayed, which was, you know, disappointing. I was kind of in a, in a bit of a rush, even though it was Mercury retrograde. And then I got upgraded to first class on a direct flight and ended up getting to the, my destination early. There's a way that 
for me, I'm always looking for like, where's the blessing? Where's the opportunity? Where's the invitation to kind of not be attached to my human plans for what I want to happen or my, my schedule and really like see what's, what's the invitation here. And so um, in this Mercury retrograde moment, uh, I would encourage all of us to ask what's the invitation. Yes, that's good. And again, this is why we are talking about reflection um, mm-hmm. during this time period, this tumultuous time for many and other people are having find amazing opportunities. And maybe those mm-hmm. people are actually stepping into that reflection and, mm-hmm. and noticing their blessings. So that's the goal for all of us. So this is an opportunity to do so if you're able and hoping that can happen. Yeah, indeed. And sometimes I like to just ask myself, like, even if I can't see the reframe, even if I can't know why the delay is happening or the interruption, I can say, you know, I'm going to just trust that what's unfolding is what's meant to be unfolding. And how can I trust that maybe even just in retrospect, I'll have some ability to reframe and understand what's occurred. And, you know, I think I'm not so interested in like the constant positive spin. Uh, I think sometimes life is hard and it's okay to, and important to feel the hard feelings. Um, and to, to have gratitude for the, the fact that it won't always be however it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a great that is a great tool. Yeah, and you, and you brought that up. It's like accepting what it is doesn't mean you have to sugarcoat it because mm-hmm. not a lot of things can handle the sugar coating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's a part of life and we move through it. Um, and that's why we're talking with you to get more support and how to move through these, these, uh, situations that aren't, uh, able to be sugar coated. And, mm-hmm. um, I actually have, a, you know, I hear a lot, at least someone in my family keeps mentioning, you know what, um, my, my sign is different. Everything's thrown off. I, you know, I'm not a mm-hmm. cancer anymore. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what, what do you say about how the, the signs are changed and our charts are off? What, what's your yeah. response to that? Well, um, you know, in the beginning of humans relating to the sky, there was no difference between astronomy and astrology. If you were looking at the sky, you were finding meaning in relationship to the sky, which makes a lot of sense. Like agrarian people, hunter-gatherer people, you know, pre-industrial society, pre-scientific revolution, um, you know, even just awareness of the tides is connected with the moon. And, you know, there's a way that, again, like this is just our way of being in relationship with nature as human animals. and uh, we know now that uh, there is a, a really powerful scientific framework around astronomy that is divorced from the, the search for meaning and the sort of relationship to the mystery of it all. Although most scientists have an intimacy with the mystery. Um, yeah. You know, if, if they're being honest and practicing, you know, science in the ways that it's always changing, it's always evolving, we're always getting new information. Um, but it's it's not as concerned with meaning making, it's not as interested in that. So um, the astronomy as we understand it now, the idea that there's a 13th sign that the planets wander through or move through in the sky um, is a really interesting one and it's a compelling one. And there are some very like, um, 
Aquarian, uh, weirdo, wonderful science-oriented science astrologers who have adapted uh, astrology to that framework. And I think it's lovely and great. Um, and for me, I, as I said, like, I, I, you know, I have a degree in, um, you know, a scientific field. I've studied psychology in depth. I volunteer on a scientific research project right now. And there's no way that uh, I could look at astrology as a science and, and take it seriously or feel like that was in alignment with my values. Because as I said, for me, it's much more of an interpretive art or an oracle or divinatory experience. Um, and so if it's useful to experience the 13th sign, excellent, great, have a great time, find an astrologer who looks at that. And for me, uh, the, the system of the 12 signs of the zodiac that the planets wander through um, is, is it, it overlays so nicely with the seasons uh, and living in a part of the world that has the four seasons. I experience them in my body in such a profound way. I, I feel it viscerally. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's not so much about what's true or accurate or, um, you know, uh, legitimate in the eyes of astronomy, because astrology is never going to be legitimate in the eyes of astronomy. That's kind of part of the, the deal in the divorce. <laughs> um, and. And, and so for me, the 12 signs and sticking with that kind of, um, I just, I like the way it maps onto the seasons really nicely, right? Because there are 12 months, there are, you know, uh, there are four, um, four seasons and, and three signs in each of those seasons. And it just, um, it's too, uh, what do I want to say? It's worked too long for me to like abandon that just because um of this this 13th sign um and i and i've had readings with people who work with the 13th sign and they've been great too so i think that there's room for all of these types of astrology to be part of the conversation okay so thank you it sounds like um you know, like just using like a metaphor, you know, astrology can be broken up kind of like a religion. You can have different faiths um, <laughs> and different guidance, right? So if this is like a spiritual practice, it's like, this is your lens and it makes sense to you because mm -hmm. the whole reason, well, you were raised a certain way, but also the whole reason is that you're using it to connect with the environment. Mm -hmm. And um, so associating like the different months that associate with a season and, you know, very early on, you were talking about um, the energy you get in spring and all I could think about, because I grew up with four seasons and distinct mm -hmm. four seasons. And I remember spring fever. Mm -hmm. That was very real, mm -hmm. very, very real. So anybody noticing that it's like our moods do change. Our, our energy just hangs. I mean, I could definitely feel that. And so, um, or like, you know, the winter blues or just, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it makes sense to me in that way. And so using that information, because I know personally, I am affected by my environment big time. And I think sometimes I would doubt myself by having certain uh, 
feelings or being susceptible to something and having just more information like, oh, okay, this actually mm-hmm. makes a little bit more sense. It's like, am I connected to uh, the season that's happening and, and why I function this way versus on the other time of the year? Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely, I, you know, now I live in a place where it's just a uh, foggy or, or sunny. Um, but when you grow up with four seasons, I definitely feel like there's a, there's a rhythm with each mm-hmm. season. So if anybody mm-hmm. listening understands that, then maybe this is something that can help you with, uh, things that you want to do with your life or just better understanding your relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's fantastic. So with you right now, um, are you working with people? Are you taking mm-hmm. on new clients? Yeah, I uh, am almost always open to new clients. I love working with people who are um, already sort of interested in and on their spiritual paths. And uh, I love having ongoing relationships with people, even if it is just every birthday, uh, a nice reading. But um, many of the clients I work with are also students of astrology and of tarot and of, you know, different modalities that we can weave in together with the work. And so, um, yeah, I love working with folks. Great. Okay. So if um, anybody listening, curious, and they want to know how they can actually um, work with you, what kind of services are you providing right now? Yeah, sure. Um, So usually people want to sort of get a sense of, um, you know, what's going on around their birthdays because it is sort of your personal new year. Um, And so I see a lot of people around that time. And then I have packages where for people who want to commit to ongoing work, whether it's monthly or monthly packages or seasonal packages. Um, And there are some clients that I work with every week or every other week as well. And that sort of takes on more of a counseling kind of uh, relationship where um, we're dealing with um, just kind of the everyday realities of ups and downs of life. And uh, for me, as somebody who really, you know, works intuitively with people, working with the astrology chart and working with tarot cards and just working with these tools helps me to check my ego and make sure that I'm, you know, really offering information that is of service to the person, regardless of my own uh, opinions. And um, I also work with couples um, and I've consulted with uh, businesses and organizations as well as families and sort of co-ops as well to sort of deal with some organizational things or just have something fun and playful to do during their, um, you know, Zoom meetings now, but (laughs) at one time in-person work. Um, So those are some examples. I also, um, you know, work with people on rituals and things like that. Okay. Lot to offer. Nice. And I'm gonna, well, I don't want to assume is, is everything on zoom? Do you do everything uh, virtual right now? Right now, everything is virtual. Yeah. Um, and I've been working remotely for many years, so I, uh, am happy to do it that way. And it seems to work very well. I can also do phone consultations if people prefer, uh, having a break from the screen. Yeah. Right. Right. Nice. Okay. I do know, um, 
What if people are curious to learn more about astrology, kind of like taking your path? Do you have mm-hmm. any uh, resource or any recommendations for what they could do to find mm-hmm. out more about astrology on their own? Yeah, it's a great question. And for me, I, um, as much as I have enjoyed books and you know reading about uh, these skills, for me, this is an oral tradition. I didn't really like have it come alive for me until I studied with teachers and, and teachers, you know, sort of offer a much more uh, complete lens. And there's something about the relationship. I think that's also really lovely. And so I do, I do work with people in that capacity, sort of a mentorship kind of relationship is developed there. Um, And there are lots of great and even more online classes that are being offered. And I think the important thing is to um, either get a reference sort of word of mouth or sort of follow somebody on social media or, you know, however they're putting out content and information to really um, be discerning in terms of who you might work with, because, um, you know, some people are more experienced than others. Some people have lenses that make more sense to um, people. And I think really looking at um, and develop, seeing it as developing a relationship with a teacher can be, um, you know, just like any other relationship. It's good to kind of get to know each other first and date before you commit to a long program or even a weekend workshop or something like that. Okay. Okay. And so in general, if people, you're saying uh, just kind of word of mouth, if there's somebody they recommend, and then also as they're doing research, someone resonates with them. And then of course, take Mm -hmm. your time to get to know them before committing. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else they should know in a search for um, receiving this work or actually diving deep and doing this work for themselves? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I really think of astrology, um, in a way that is akin to looking for a therapist because it's about relationship building. And so what I'll say is, you know, don't hesitate to fire your practitioner if it's not a relationship that's working out. Um, I think that can be a really healthy saturnal boundary thing to do. Um, And then also just like um, trusting the places that feel resistance, but working with that resistance with the practitioner before sort of cutting everything off. So, you know, this is interestingly much more focused on, um, you know, finding something that really, really works for you because I think that there's a way that, um, you know, as a, as a queer person, it's, there's people, there are people out there who do damage, um, because of their own biases and, you know, therapists, astrologers alike. Um, And so it's really important, I think, to find practitioners who are not going to, you know, be um, homophobic or, you know, uh, cis-sexist in the work that they're doing with you, um, just as an example. Yeah. um, When you are searching for something, make sure that person resonates and maybe understands a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. and your lifestyle mm-hmm. um, so you can actually build that relationship. And I mean, obviously it's going to be kind of clear depending on your lifestyle, if that really makes sense to the practitioner mm-hmm. and they've, they've had one experience working with it and understand it. So yeah. um, that's, a, that's a good rule of thumb for anybody you build a relationship with, especially when it's for your health and healing. 
Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Well, fantastic. So if um, somebody wants to work with you, how can they reach you? Yeah, I have a website, StellaTheGoodWitch.com. And um, I'm also on Facebook putting out little, um, you know, uh, blessings or musings uh, periodically that give us insight into our days. Um, So that's a place where you can sort of get to know me as well. Um, Yeah. Okay, that sounds great because uh, during this time period, who doesn't want a little bit more blessings and musings? <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a nice invitation. So anybody listening, you have that opportunity to check it out. And again, I'll have that information in the show notes. Okay, Stella the Good Witch, thank you so much for touring us around in the galaxy, in the cosmos, in the sky of astrology. It's been very fun. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShetler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.